Fantasy, podcast about the magic of books. I'm your host, Josh, and today we're going to be talking about Lord of Light by Roger Zelazny. And so let's enlighten ourselves about the magic of books. This uh, first off was a great book. I really enjoyed it. It's pretty short and it has a really good message. I really, I really did enjoy reading it. So for some quick non-spoiler talk, this book is a book that is deserving of a slower read-through. This is not the book that you're going to want to pick up when you are on a deadline and trying to finish it. It really deserves a thorough, thoughtful read. I think you're going to get so much more out of it than you would if you just read it straight through. Now, to say that you can't read it just straight through and not think about it, I think also is, is not right. You can. I just think that this book you kind of need to think and interpret things a little bit different. And I did not realize this, but for being such an old book, this was published in 1967, it holds up incredibly well. There was no attitude or no writing that I looked at and said, that is blatantly wrong, or that is blatantly wrong, that were more obvious from like the authorial, authorial standpoint versus... Like the text of the story, because yes, there are things in the story that I don't agree with that I'm like, yeah, that's way bad. Like, why are they doing that? But that's not the author's views coming through. That's the story that he's trying to tell. So I really enjoyed it. The story flows well. I never felt confused. But that's a little bit of a lie. Uh, I was reading it on an ebook, and occasionally, not all the time, but just occasionally on the ebook, there would be a new paragraph and it would be a different point of view. And I would figure that out very easily as soon as I started reading it, of course. But sometimes it threw me off just a little bit because I wasn't... There was no clear delineation that, ah, this is a new point of view. Like in a physical book, I'm sure there would be a, a slightly longer paragraph break or something like that. And in an ebook, there wasn't. And so it's really not a big issue. It's not a problem. It was just sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'm reading it. Okay, now I'm going to go back and read it. Just because now I'm like, oh, yes, I am for sure in a different point of view. And you could always tell. I really liked that, that his voice really came through. You always knew who you were kind of in, who you were viewing. And it was very good. I really loved the playful voice. There's a hint of uh, just a little bit of that sarcasm that we all we all really love. Just... You know, one example of it is, uh, you know, is this guy a demon, a supernatural being? You know, someone with immense power who can shapeshift all their things, you know, shapeshift and do all these wonderful, powerful things. And the other guy's like, no, that's not it. No, not exactly. And he's like, did you mean like, is he a powerful being who can shapeshift and do all the same things? You know, then yes, he can do that, but there's a difference. He's not a supernatural being. And you said he was supernatural. And we know what he is. And so it's just that kind of little play on words and that little trick that's like, ha, yeah, you got me. That's kind of it's just that fun attitude right there. So the quips and the prose were very good. I really enjoyed reading it. I never felt like it was too old styley or too new styley. And in regards to the words, so just uh, this will be a very minor spoiler, but this is kind of like a far futuristic. This is kind of like a far futuristic situation where these people have lived on forever and then they've kind of they reincarnate and they use that so sometimes they use regular words like cigarette or wand you know just 
these things, these words that are like common and they would not have been common in that time period, but because of the story, they make sense. And in this book, as opposed to other books that I've read, it worked really well. I never felt thrown out of the story when they talk about those things. I never felt pushed or like that it was an anachronism where I was like, oh, that's, that's it wrong. You know, it all worked really well. So let's talk about the story itself really quickly. So the story, Lord of Light, is about these people, these Hindu, it's mainly about the Hindu gods. And they have, they are people who have transcended like life, basically. They, they grew and they had, they gained these special abilities. And then they learned how to transfer their minds into new bodies. And so when their body becomes old and infirm, you know, they just transfer their body and then they live again and they perpetuate kind of the Hindu God so that they can kind of stay in power and they keep technology at a lower rate. And basically, um, a couple of the gods, and that was one other thing is that I swear they'd talk about, like our main character likes to go by Sam and... They would talk about Sam, and then they'd talk about the Buddha, and then they'd talk about the Bodhisattva, and I just don't know all the names. Off, you know, I don't I haven't studied Hinduism that well, so I am very weak in the the Hindu god names. And so sometimes they'd refer to him by another name, like Kulkan, and I was like, "Well, who's Kulkan?" And then I'm like, "Okay, I have to read a little bit more." I'm like, okay, they're talking about Sam again. So Sam is Kulkan, and then I felt like every time I learned one of his names, they added another name. And I was like, ah, I get it. It's part of, you know, that. And I, I don't blame it and I'm not mad. But I was like, every time I think I get all the names, they're going to add another one. So if I mess up any names, just know that I'm trying, but I'm not perfect for sure. So in the beginning, Sam has his his essence or his Atman, which is kind of like your electrical impulses in your brain. They store that and he had been punished to, to like basically live in the atmosphere. And they call him back Yama, the death god, and Ratri, the god of night, and Tak of the archives, who is being punished and in a an ape. And they say, hey, we need you to come help us out, and we brought you back so that you can save people and work and do your thing. And he does his thing, and it was sometimes there were... A couple jumps that didn't feel really on point to me, like I didn't notice it right away. Again, very minor complaint here. But so we learn that, you know, Sam is here and he's like, all right, well, I'm here. And he goes and investigates the world and he's kind of like, oh, what's going on here? And oh, a pharaoh mat, you guys are, you know, forcing people to like agree with your views and you're destroying technology and stopping them. And, you know, why are you doing that? And they're like, oh, well, you know, we have to do that because if people got those, those technologies, then they'd be bad. And, you can totally see that they just want to stay in power and that they are keeping to themselves. And the plot, it's very interesting. This story kind of moves from a character story to a plot story to a character story. So I have a harder time saying it's one or the other. It really is a great mix of both. And so I really like that. To talk about the magic, I really liked that. I thought, this is cool. They can move and then... Because they've built up this aspect and this attribute, it comes with them. And then the way they explain that you keeping that, even after you switch bodies, is that your mind kind of starts changing your body and forcing your body to adapt to it. And that's how they keep their powers. And we don't know what Sam's power is in the beginning. At first, he's just uh, a guy who can speak really well. We know that he is regarded as the Buddha. And he goes around and kind of is just like living the moment. And I really liked... 
the very first sermon that he gave where he's like, I'm going to talk to you guys for a little bit about fire. Like how to describe fire. And what you see is fire. You know what fire is. But you can try to describe it to someone. And unless they can experience fire for themselves, they'll never know. You know, what is a fire? Oh, it's red. Okay, so it's red. And then somebody pictures something red and not necessarily fire. And it eats and leaves ashes behind. And what they think of is not necessarily fire. And just the way he described that and the way all the stories played out and the lectures and the lessons, it was great. We come to a part where Yama is attacking him. Because it's later on and he's decided to fall back in line with the Hindu gods, the uh, the ones in charge. And yeah, part of that I felt was a little weak where he's like, I'm just going to switch sides. And we're like, why? And he's like, oh, well, there's this one god I want to get on the good side of. And, you know, he's the one that brought him back. But then why would he do that? And I, obviously it's just kind of those grander plans. But it was good. So the, the sermons, though, were excellent. The world building was excellent. I really like that one of the... Uh, one of the big bads, uh, Nirdidi, he is the kind of like the god of the dead of the underworld, and he's got the zombies. And it turns out that he, in this old, uh, of these old, the first people who came to get and learned how to switch bodies, he was a Christian. And so he, since the world is kind of forced into Hinduism, he's like, oh no, I have to, to go save these people. Like, I have to save their souls. I have to be a good missionary. And I, I thought that was a really good play in the story that you know that's why he is willing to bide his time and wait and be the bad guy it's not because he's evil it's because he wants to do what he feels is right you know he's the good guy in his own story he's trying to rail against these gods and the way the story works was good i did feel at times like every time sam got killed i knew he was going to be okay and i was like this is not what i you know i i just felt like that trigger was pulled maybe a little too much where it's the fake death or oh i get killed and then sent to the sky and then i get right back and part of it just was like okay this is a little little odd to me maybe once of the fake death or twice of the fake death and i would be fine with it but three times at least it just felt a little off to me but i really liked the story where they he does end up defeating the head gods because he invites, you know, he tricks them and he slowly starts killing them in disguise. And then he invites them into a war and they fight. Not invite, that sounds weird. He invites them to a war. No, he kind of sets up this war in this area where the accelerationists or people who believe in like sharing the technology and kind of accelerating the speed of the technology improvement you know they grow and then they have a fight and the gods are defeated and they're everybody's defeated but the gods realize oh no it's too late it's too they're too strong we can't just go against them every time now we have to kind of pick and choose our battles and we're going to have to just play a more passive role um, i did like that yama he can switch sides as only death could because he is he does very much imper uh, personify death and near the end, this book needed to make me stop feeling feelings. Poor Yama and Callie. That was so heartbreaking that, you know, Callie, this girl, this woman that he's loved, this personality that he's loved, she has to become the new Brahmin. And so she switches to a male's body, kind of ending their relationship, at least while that's going on. And Callie is wounded in the Brahmin body. So now she's Brahmin. It, it was kind of a little confusing, but when you're reading it, it makes more sense. She's wounded. He goes and rescues her, you know, but she's dying. 
he starts a transfer, and then we don't know what happens, but we learn that Yama is holed up in an inn, and he's very angry. Nobody should go visit him. Of course, people go visit him, and he's with his daughter, who has some mental handicap issues, and you can tell, and you know, that it was from a, a, a transference, and that it was a failed transference, and that it's, at least in my mind, it was Kali at the end, that he is taking care of and wants to try and restore, and that just is so heartbreaking for for them so it made me feel something all the way through to the end i liked how he ended the story where sam the buddha he just kind of walks off and then he tells a story and he tells the same story four times oh they say there was a bird and they say it was this bird but maybe it wasn't this bird maybe it was that bird just the general live in the moment and be yourself and push forward and which is it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so i really like that attitude and it was this book was wildly different than i expected i was i don't know what i was expecting but i had heard some things and i don't know exactly what i'd heard but they had kind of tinted my mind my my perception of this book that it was going to be something else and more about sam committing suicide and i don't know why i had that in my head or what prompted that but obviously that's not what it was (laughs) And, and but it was very good and i really really enjoyed this book so that's going to wrap up my discussion of Lord of Light. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. Of course, if you ever have any questions or comments or you think I missed something really important in a book, you can always send me an email at libromancypod at gmail.com. And sometimes you can find me on Twitter at libromancypod. So please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and leave a review. That really helps other people to find the podcast. And remember to enlighten the magic of books. Mm-hmm.